Hi, everyone. Today is June 1st, 2022. And today's theme is, are we already in a recession? Now, you've heard a lot of pundits saying, oh, we might not hit a recession this year. So there is a bit of rhetoric to the question. But the truth is, stocks drop dramatically before the recession is ever announced. So asking this question now and seeing what the future holds, because there's a lot of data that we can look at that does indicate things, including learning from the past, that's going to be the T. And then what is it that we can do to protect ourselves, both our wealth, maybe our retirement account. I like to call it different things like my buy my own island account, but also your budget, your home equity. How can we make sure that we keep as much as our wealth as possible in a downturn so that we are positioned best to go forward when things start to recover? That's going to be what we talk about today, as well as peeking in the crystal ball to see whether or not we might be in a recession. Look, they always name the recession well after it happens, at least three months, but oftentimes even farther than that. There's a lot to unpack. It won't take that long, don't worry. The data and statistics part, pretty easy to see. Um, and we'll get started on that right away. And then of course, we're always gonna follow it up with what can you do about it? Sorry about that. Hi, everyone. So again, um, this is a little bit of a rhetorical question because the answer is we're not technically yet in a recession. You have to have two quarters of contraction. We already know that the first quarter did contract. So if the second quarter, which actually ends at the end of this month, is a contraction, then we are technically in a recession. And I think that some of the things that you're going to discover over the next you know, few minutes are going to be even more important than the question that brought you in to um, this webinar. So let's jump right into some of the things that I think are really important for you to be aware of right now. Um, and one more thing, I'm going to go ahead and get this bigger. You will not hear whether or not we're in a recession for at least one month after that. So we won't get the second quarter data until July 28th at 8.30 in the morning from BEA.gov. So that's why it's important to ask these questions before they happen. Because if you wait for the headlines, it's always too late to protect yourself. And those of you that have attended my retreats over the years, you know that protecting yourself is really easy. And what's super important is that regular rebalancing. There's a lot of people who haven't attended the retreat and they do not understand. Uh, they're maybe having blind faith that somebody else is doing it for them. And they might be um, way too much in, at risk. And even what they think is safe might be losing money. I don't think your safe side should lose money, but that's me. So let's jump into the question of the day. Are we in a recession? Okay, so again, we'll know officially July 28th. There's a lot of indicators that could say that we could have weakness. Um, and part of it is that we already saw the weakness in the first quarter, but also we have a good comp to compare it to in the second quarter of um, last year, that's what ends up happening is you're kind of comparing it year over year. 
And um, so that does make it a bit difficult. We've heard Apple warning, we've heard Target, we've heard Walmart warning a little bit about it. And also um, when we got the last numbers, what we discovered was that consumer um, consumers had been spending, but they were spending on one-off items. And the, the basic need stuff had actually gone down. And that's basically what Walmart and Target said, hey, we ordered too much stuff and we've got too much stuff that people are not buying yet. That's not a good sign that the second quarter is growing. So that's something to keep in mind because remember two quarters in a row of contraction equals recession. We already had the first quarter. Second quarter could be now ending end of June, but you don't hear about it until July 28th. So um, there are other things that you want to know about as well. So let's, let me take you through the PowerPoint a little bit. So again, we had our first quarter of contraction in the first quarter of 2022. It was down one point, I believe 1.5%. Let's, they just revised it. Again, we'll get another revision um, at the end of June. It'll be the third revision of the first quarter. And then we get the second quarter um, advance on July 28th. So here you can see that it decreased or it contracted at a rate of 1.5% annualized. Okay, so that's our first one that we have to be concerned with, but it's not all. So again, the second quarter will be released at July 28th at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. It's available at BEA.gov. Now, this is what I think is really important, is that stocks drop before the recession is announced. We've already started to see that. But it could be that, um, you know, it could be a while before the recession is announced, because even though we had this first quarter contraction, if we get even a 0.5%, then they will say, oh, we're technically not in a recession. So it's important for you to understand what uh, some of the other financial indicators that indicate economic weakness indicate that stocks may go down because that usually happens first. I mean, I, I should say in the 21st century always happens first and it can happen for a year first. So we're gonna look at some examples of that as well where stocks are absolutely getting annihilated and we technically are not yet in a recession. So again, stocks lost 55% in the Dow Jones Industrial Average during the Great Recession. It started in October of 2007, but the first warning of recession came on, well, the BEA said we're in recession October 30th of 2008 after losses of almost 40%. So by the time that most people knew we were in a recession, we were much closer to the bottom than we were to the top because the bottom was March of 2009. The losses started happening October of 2007. So this is an example of economic weakness is very, very visible. We started seeing all the mortgage banks getting bailed out or going bankrupt in April of 2007. That last quarter of 2007 was just a little tiny bit of GDP growth, not much at all. 
Um, and then Bear Stearns, um, you know, imploded, but they still said we had some GDP growth. So again, our second quarter and third quarter were the ones that um, showed the negative, the contraction, but that's not recorded, reported until a month after. So it didn't happen until October, the end of October. Of course, by then, Lehman Brothers had declared bankruptcy and we were in the middle of getting TARP funding for everything. Fred, Fannie and Freddie had been bailed out. AIG was being bailed out. So all these other things were happening. And if you weren't noticing that and you were just waiting for the headline that we're in a recession, which honestly and sadly, a lot of people were, then you were in trouble. And again, most people were tempted to sell at the time that we got the notice that we were in a recession, um, right around September, October of 2008. And we were very close to the bottom then. The bottom was in March of 2009. So let's see what happened in the recession before that. And again, 21st century recessions are very different than last century recessions. They look and they act, they plunge a lot further and they usually take a lot more longer to recover. So I wanna remind you that, you know, going on that kind of wild ride where you have to use the bull market to hope and pray that you crawl back to even, that's not a financial plan. That's just riding a Wall Street roller coaster. And it's a real important lesson to learn from dot-com because the NASDAQ took 15 years to come back to even, 15 years. So here's what happened in the recession before the great recession, the dot-com recession. Stocks started sliding in March of 2000. The first warning of the recession came and uh, honestly, it, it was 911 and then after, right? But that was after the NASDAQ had already seen losses of 64%. And all of 2000, there was nobody saying we were in a recession. They were saying, however, that stocks were overpriced, that they were in a bubble. Now, here's another thing that I want you to be aware of. So this chart shows where we are today in terms of stock versus GDP. This is Warren Buffett's favorite valuation tool. And here's where it was in 2000 when everybody said that dot-com stocks were in a bubble. As you can see now, even with the pullback, stocks are very bubblicious, very expensive. And this is another thing that's important to note because it makes this time around act more potentially like dot-com did because it starts with an overheated market before the downturn actually starts. So this is important to realize because that means that the, the bottom could take longer to hit and it could be much deeper. So again, the NASDAQ dropped 78% in the dot-com recession took 15 years to come back to even. That means your million dollars drops to $220,000. So this is really important to know what do you do in a downturn to protect your wealth, to protect your budget. That also ruins your credit score. It makes it difficult if you need to borrow money to fix something if you own a home and all of a sudden you have to fix the plumbing or the roof or something like this you may not be able to because you don't have any more money left in your retirement account to borrow from and your credit score is pretty lousy. So you may not be able to get that HELOC that you're counting on. Now, this is an important, uh, an important thing that has changed 
since the war in Ukraine started. So let me give you the definition. A soft landing means that we get to raise interest rates, which we have to do to fight inflation, but we don't have a recession. So that's what's called a soft landing. Now, in this interview with Kai Rizdal, which was just a couple of weeks ago, Jerome Powell changed the definition of soft landing. And here's what he said. He said, a soft landing is really just getting to uh, back to 2% inflation while keeping the labor market strong. The process will include some pain. Now, a soft landing is not supposed to be painful. That's why they call it a soft landing. A hard landing is painful. A recession is painful. So he's kind of talking double speak here. And what he's trying to do is to be truthful and transparent um, while also being somewhat optimistic. Now, you're hearing other people that are even different, like a lot of the federal government. Um, the governors are saying, oh, I think we can do this without a recession. We're going to be able to combat inflation and raise interest rates, and we're going to be able to do it without a recession. And Goldman Sachs just came out and said, oh, I don't think we have to have a recession. But that's what is going to happen. Everybody's going to say it doesn't have to be a recession until it is. And then, as I said, if you wait for that headline, it's always going to be too late. If you wait for the headlines, you're late. So what do you do to protect your wealth? And should you do it now? And the answer to that question is yes, you should do this now because nobody wants to wait and then try to scramble and protect something that you've already lost or hope and pray that you crawl back to even. When the markets are high, that's when you want, and they're still pretty high, even with the pullback of about 14%. That's when you want to make sure that you keep as much as you can, that you position, you know, kind of like batten down the hatches on the boat before you see the storm coming. Make sure that your budget is right. Even if you feel equity rich, make sure, especially if you purchased your home in the last two years, make sure that you can really afford it, um, that you've got that fixed, um, fixed rate, that you're not just doing interest only. Most people do have a fixed rate these days. That's the one great thing about it. But here's five important ways to protect your wealth now. We're going to talk about how to help your budget in just a moment. First of all, you have to be diversified. You can't just have a boatload of large caps. That's what most people have. They don't have any hots. They don't have anything that could go up if the markets could go down. And there certainly are things that could go up if the markets could go down. Even during this period of weakness, we have seen certain countries, certain commodities that are increasing in value and not just oil. Rebalance regularly. Now, I don't mean watch it, you know, like a lot of people say, oh, I'm gonna watch it. Well, if you're just watching a price go up and down, that's not really analysis, that's not really a plan. Um, what you really need to do is to know what a healthy nest egg looks like and get there as fast as you can and then have a point where you want to rebalance it, whether that's at the end of September, before the Santa rally. Um, if you only want to do it once a year, it could be before the Santa rally, after the Santa rally, after the spring rally, around tax season, whatever it is that you want. You want to rebalance maybe once, twice, or three times a year. But if you do have individual stocks, you do have to babysit them because they can shoot the moon and then fall to earth in a few days. 
So uh, funds are just easier to have to avoid that kind of trajectory. And again, if you're only rebalancing it once a year, it's not a lot of extra work. And if you have a lot of uh, money in your retirement accounts, that could be a big piece of your wealth. It is well worth it to make sure that you protect it now. Keep at least a percent equal to your age safe. Now we are at this point overweighting 20% safe because of the financial peril that is already present. What's safe in a debt world? I'm gonna show you a chart that il illustrates that in just a moment. What's safe in a debt world? And that's really important because a lot of people are in bonds or money market funds. Both of those are losing um, liquidity. Uh, some of them are actually losing money. You could have not be able to have access to it because it's illiquid. Um, you could have a redemption gate. There could be all kinds of things. You could, especially if you have a bond that turns illiquid and negative yielding and you've got it for 45 years, that's pretty rough because some people, they aren't gonna even live that long. So um, you gotta know what you own on the at-risk side, the equity side, the stock side, and on the safe side, the fixed income bond money market. And there are safer alternatives. Again, it's so important we spend one full day on what's safe at the retreat. Now also you have to be the boss of your money. Nobody cares about your money as much as you do. And a lot of times you are talking to somebody who is more of a broker salesman than an analyst. And, you know, they're telling you whatever they're told to tell you. And again, if Goldman Sachs says, hey, we might be able to avoid a recession, all their sales broker salespeople are going to say, our analysts are saying we might be able to avoid a recession. So if you make changes now, maybe you know what I mean? So What's more important is for you to have a plan that you know is time proven, that doesn't ride a Wall Street roller coaster. You might say, well, how the heck would I know that? Well, first of all, our plan is time proven. We now have three recessions that show that. And the dot-com and the Great Recession, our, our plan actually earned gains and outperformed the bull markets in between. So um, this is a time proven plan. That's why it's enthusiastically recommended by Gary Becker, who's one of the most respected economist of all time. He's a Nobel Prize winner. So get a plan that works and make sure that your plan is doing that plan rather than what the broker salesman tells you because if they're incentivized to sell you more than you really should have or what are they gonna do on the safe side because they need to sell you bonds and money market funds. And if you decide that you would prefer to have something that's not illiquid and neg potentially negative yielding, then um, they don't have a product really to sell you. So you have to be the boss of your money. And believe me, I know everybody always is friends with their broker salesman until the bottom, and then they really take it out on them. And honestly, nobody loses your money without your permission. So now is the time to be the boss of your money and not just have blind faith and not just listen to whatever that person is telling you but measure it against what other people are telling you as well and include their track record. And here's one other trick that you can do. Get a performance of your portfolio, a chart compared to the S&P 500. If your portfolio just follows the S&P 500 up and down, you're at risk of losing half or more of your wealth. And that's a key. If it doesn't, uh, you know, if it didn't perform as well as the S&P 500, you have, probably have a lot more bonds. But this time around, bonds are a problem because bonds lose value when interest rates rise. 
So um, you really have to know what you own. And if all of this is giving you a headache and you think you can never learn it, you're wrong. It's the life math we all should have received in high school. It's not difficult. And if you need help, get a second opinion from me. I give you a blueprint. You're the boss of your money. I don't sell financial products. I have no skin in the game. All I want is for you to be informed to make the decisions that you need to make to protect yourself and your family. On the budgeting side, better big ticket choices equals buku savings. So walk, ride, or take public transportation as much as you can. Just, just boycott the gas pump. That's the only way that prices are going to go down now that we have a supply problem. Work from home if you can and as much as you can. Switch to LED lighting, insulate your home, put a timer on your water heater. A lot of people think, oh, it sounds like so much work. A timer on your water heater is a handyman and maybe $75 widget. You know, switching LED lighting can save you 90% of your lighting bill, their lighting costs. A lot of people are just thinking about the cost of the bulb and they're not considering that a 15 watt LED gives you 100 watts of light at 85% reduction in the amount of electricity required to power it. So again, getting these smarter choices is really going to be a game changer for you. Some of the, uh, and insulating your home, you could um, save 90% on your heating costs. So you really wanna get smart. So, because look, utilities are going up as well. If you're feeling equity rich, please read the, um, there's an entire section on real estate in the ABCs of money. Lots of case studies over the years that you can check out and be inspired by. But the most important thing is to not think that prices just go up forever. They rarely do. Second thing is make sure you can afford your home and that you're not overreaching. About 50% of the budget for uh, people of between the ages of 25 and 40 is being spent on housing. It's a little less for homeowners, but they are at risk if the prices fall and they have this mortgage that's above what the value of their home. Their credit score plunges. There's all kinds of problems that can occur in that scenario. So you want to make sure that you're, you really are equity rich and that you can survive if prices go down. And you also want to make sure that you are um, not overspending on your housing. And it may require being brave and strong about your big ticket choices in order to weather the storm. So now you wanna do it now rather than when you get in trouble. Also, if you are buried in debt, um, know that a debt problem is at heart a budgeting problem. The only way you get out of debt is really to fix the budget and then have a plan for getting out of debt. And if you are just making the debt collectors rich and not providing for your own future by putting some money away in your own tax protected and financial credit proof protected retirement accounts, then um, you know, they're not gonna take up a collection for you if you get into trouble. So it's really important for you to understand that paying debt down is part of your budget. Contributing to your own wealth and money while you sleep and your own future is part of your budget too. And it shouldn't be, I'll start paying myself once I pay down debt. It's not that simple. 
So there is an entire section on debt in the ABCs of money. If you or anyone you know has that issue, you got to read it now. Now, this is that chart I was telling you about. This is for a 30-year-old overweighting 20% safe. If you're 50, you would be overweighting 20% safe and pretending uh, you're 70 and only having 30% at risk. What does that do? Okay, so if the markets go down by half and you only have 30% at risk, you lose 15%, right? Now you might say, oh yeah, but if they go up, then I don't make as much. Actually with our HOTS, sometimes you do. So we've had HOTS that have done extremely well in that scenario. And they more than make up for the fact that you don't have as much at risk. So again, let's take a quick look at these slices. You have four different HOTS here that you could be using. And by the way, you know whether it's cryptocurrency or whatever HOT you think it might be out there, we've seen a lot of them. We've seen the NASDAQ, we've seen technology, biotechnology, our company of the year doubled and then drew back. Uh, actually, it tripled and then pulled itself back. So um, you re that's where the rebalancing helps you. Because if your one slice becomes four slices or three slices, it's telling you sell high. If your one slice becomes a sliver, it's telling you buy a little more low. So the system itself puts you on what we call the right side of the trade, and it takes the emotions out of it. If you're just working off the brokerage statements and watching numbers go up and down or how much you lost or how much you made, then your emotions are on the wrong side of the trade because if you've lost, you don't want to sell because you say, oh, I'm, I'm selling at a loss. And when it's high, you don't want to sell because you say, I don't, the, the party's still going to go on. So having a system that prompts you to do what you should do and reminds you to do it regularly is really a winning game plan. Now, again, we do have private coaching and I do offer an unbiased second opinion. So if you would like for me to look at what you have and compare it and draw up a pie chart of what you should have, what's a better plan for you, and give you all this additional information, we can do that. Just email info at nataliepace.com or give us a call and we'll give you pricing and information. Also, just as a reminder, our June retreat is next weekend. It's three days, first day nest egg strategies. So you're gonna learn how to do that nest egg and to properly diversify. Second day, what's hot and how to avoid the bailouts because there really are some. And third day, all day long, what is safe? So a lot of people, even if they've taken the retreat before, they come back to get updated because it's a very different scenario to this year. Last year was a great bull market. We haven't seen 5.7% GDP in a long time, like since the 80s. And this year, definitely saw our first contraction. We could see a recession. Um, they, you know, Goldman Sachs was the one that said there's 35% chance of a recession in the next 48 months. Um, of course, nobody says exactly when it's going to happen until the month after we already know it happened. And that's part of the reason why stocks drop because the smart money knows it's happened already. That's also what makes me think that it may be closer than we think because two weeks ago was when Jerome Powell took soft landing and redefined it as not as um, that we are going to avoid a recession, which is what it used to be. 
All right. So come to the retreat. And remember, this is the last one until October. We could have a hellish summer, especially if that July GDP report is terrible. So I do, or even if it's negative, it doesn't have to be terribly negative. It just has to be negative. And then they'll say we're in a recession and that could be, you know, bad for stocks, very bad for stocks. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and turn off uh, the recording for now. You guys, if any of you have a question, I'm happy to answer it real quickly. And, and then I'll sum everything up at the end. So. All right. So again, this has been Natalie Pace. I want to thank you for joining me. Remember to visit nataliepace.com to email us at info at nataliepace.com. Also, I have ongoing blogs, podcasts, and video conferences. So here's where you can get all of that information. If you simply go to nataliepace.com, you'll see all my social media there, my Instagram, my YouTube, my um, Spotify, that's where all the podcasts are, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you, we have the Twitter feed on the homepage. So if you are not um, uh, on Twitter, you can actually scroll down and see some of the things that I have been putting up and link to them so that you're aware of the most recent blogs or the most recent um, data and information that I'm giving you. Um, so it's simply that easy. Also, if you would like to join us for a retreat and you just want to know a little bit more, scroll down on nataliepace.com. And as soon as you get to the flyer, just click on it. And that will give you all the pricing, the hours, the 15 plus things you're going to learn. All of this sort of information is all going to be included right there. So again, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I will see you again, maybe one more this month. I try to do a webinar at least once a month. Um, I'm very active on Twitter. I usually post a blog at least once a week and, um, yeah, we'll get through this together, but I must tell you, I much more prefer helping people protect their wealth before continued weakness in stocks. I I'm happy to help you recover, but it's just more heartbreaking when you've had a lot of losses and we have to try to put together a plan to get you back on track. Okay. I'll see you next time and join me uh, next weekend. I'll look forward to seeing you there at the retreat too. Three full days. Thanks, Natalie.